Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 236. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we take colorful threads, warm yellows and reds, bold blues and bipartisan purples, and we delicately cross-stitch them onto the light, fluffy, inviting pillow that is America. And the message on the pillow reads, we fucking did it, motherfuckers. We fucking did it. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and I shall lie my head on that pillow and sleep well, question mark, like maybe for the first time in years. I don't know. So today, we're going to talk about the fuckball presidency that was. But then we're going to turn it around and talk about the inauguration that is and the future that is to come. And for today's panel, I'm so excited to welcome to the show these two, um, uh, both of them podcasters, who um, are, first of all, I met uh, this this first podcaster on her podcast, So Money. She is the host of that podcast. She's also a financial author. She's also like another Iranian lady because we're just rife with them. They're all over the place. Um, and uh, and she's so delightful. That show is so great. You should absolutely be subscribing to So Money. Uh, folks, it's Farnoosh Tarabi. Hey, Farnoosh. Hey, everyone. Hey, Nagin. Thank you so much for that generous intro. 
I'm um, excited <laughs> to be with you here on inauguration day. Um, I'm totally, I'm excited. This is, this is a good day. And yes, there are many more Iranian women out there. We should know who they are. Um, we're, and, we're, we're a nice group. And soon we will. Uh, I didn't mean to sound so evil saying that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean that in a gentle and loving way, world. Uh, and also joining us on the show today. Oh my God. I had the distinct honor of being on a lineup with Cameron on her show in uh, in Los Angeles at the UCB. Um, for That's how I met her for the first time. But you know what? It wasn't the first time I heard about her uh, because she is hilarious. I've been I've delighted in her jokes for a, a long time now. She's also a best-selling author. How many of us can say that? A best-selling author. Hello. And also a podcast host. Um cuz she does it all. Folks, it's Cameron Esposito. Yay. <laughs> hey, Cameron. <laughs> Yay. I don't know. I don't know. It's cuz y'all are both on the East Coast? Yes. Yeah. So, oh, so I, it's early my, for you. Well, it's like not early, but it's actually just that I've already had such a full day so far at this time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my eyes popped open with that like really like it's inauguration morning vibe at like six. <laughs> and then I got right to work, you know, right to work <gasps> sitting and watching. So I feel and, as well, if right, I'm right. like ready to go back to bed or eat some dinner. Um, you know, exactly. It's already been an emotional <laughs> roller coaster. And either way, it's a 145. And I think, you know what? Let's get into it with topic number one. So it is. It's 145 here Wednesday afternoon on the East Coast. Uh, and Joseph Robinette Biden was just now inaugurated. Uh, I feel like I've been through a roller coaster of emotions. The last four years are over. Uh, we'll call it five years because that voice was thrust into our face- faces for like a full year before the elections of 2016. So uh, we've had to deal with him for a very long time. I kind of start at the at the full birth certificate demand. Oh, like that's really where I start yes. in terms of my the slippery um, slope. Yeah. Mental strain. Actually, like we can go ahead. We can, I think a, a good place would be for every person who's listening to this to really reflect <laughs> on when did this man come into your life? Oh man. Like what, what's your, cause that's such a, it's such a personal it's a question. Personal, yeah. When, when did, did you first hate your him? Life? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're right. Probably, it was, for me, it was birtherism. I mean, he was a New York person. Yeah. Uh, and like an apprentice right. and the apprentice, but I never watched a single episode. I still have, I've only seen clips less than three seconds long. So I really have no idea about any of that. Right. And we're all too young for, for the Central Park Five full page ad to be our reference point for him. Like our reference point for him in our childhoods is like the fact that he was on Pizza Hut commercials and that he was in Home Alone 2 and that his name was on buildings. So it, it does feel like a... And, and then The Apprentice. Yeah, I started a job at New York One News, which is like our local CNN here in New York. Um, this was I love New York yes, One. Yes, now it's called Spectrum New York One, whatever. It will always be New York One. And I remember my first week on the job, I was a producer for the business desk. And one of the on-camera reporters had snagged an interview with Donald Trump. And it was going to be... It, you know, the irony of all this is the joke like, is sort of on Like, was it a big deal? It was such a big deal, you know? And I wasn't even allowed to go because they didn't know what if I was, like, a freak or not. Like, if was I going to ruin the... Uh, was I going to, like, c- control myself at the interview? They didn't know yet. I just started. So they're like, <laughs> right. you're, you're a risk. The freak in the interview. We can't bring you. You're the one. <laughs> 
And <laughs> that's the that's the time period we're talking about. Yeah. And and um I also I also ran into Donald Trump one time backstage at a morning show and he was getting his makeup done and I was getting my makeup done. And this was I think around this was before he ran. Um and and perhaps he was just sort of like more the apprentice guy. And um he got up from his chair and he kind of looked at some of the other women in the chairs and he was like, beautiful, beautiful. And we were all like, okay, Donald Trump, like, I guess that's <laughs> that's supposed to send me off on having a good day. But it is a story that I still tell people. So apparently it did stay with me. Um, are you planning on retiring that story uh, now that his presidency, that now that the fuckball presidency is over? Well, it still really captures him so elo- so well, so perfectly, right? <laughs> like, that's all that matters to him is sort of like what things look like and and how, and, and then that he even thinks that his opinion matters, you know? Like, we were, <laughs> I had a lot going on that morning. Like, Donald Trump's opinion of me was not going to make or break my, my segment on, on that morning morning show but it, it, it so you in know, some ways it is very mind, perfect him. right yeah. in his mind he was like i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make their day you I'm know what validate I mean? and it's like people. yeah 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 validate and like, them. it's i love that yeah that was what's going on well you know what let's first talk about um just like because i'll tell you i've had such weird feelings in the last few days have been really jittery and at first i just it, i didn't even, i just was like ah why can't i'm like i wasn't sleeping well and i just was like jittery and i think sure the threat of violence will do that to a person um but i also think it's just 4 years i think it must be like the the feeling like a prisoner has that before they leave they're just like excited but nervous but like what if something goes wrong you know, I don't know um how have you how now that it's over how do you feel I I, I have similar sentiments I I think that today inauguration day for me at least is the start of the new year like 2021 starts <laughs> now we've had a lot of resets I think since January 1 we were like January 6 happened and we're like okay that wasn't the new year like okay now yeah. let's start over and then you know, uh, so, um, yeah, I have this sort of cautious optimism. I call it a healthy state of panic. Um, it's actually the name of my next book, which was very much, you know, I think, um, seated in this pandemic where you just have to sort of, you still have to do your life. You still have to make important decisions every day, big decisions, little decisions. And there is this feeling of like, what's even, what is it worth? You know, why even bother? I mean, we all have that stream of stream of thought. Like, what's the point? You know, like today in my son's um, Zoom class, he's six, a little little girl um, said, the, the teacher asked, if you could be president or vice president, which would you be and why? And she said, I think I would be vice president because you can't, a woman can't be a president. And this is like a very liberal town, you know, where oh, I think 99.9% yeah, yeah. of the people voted Democrat um, and probably for Hillary Clinton at one point. And so we still have a lot of work to do on so many fronts, but I think that at least we're moving in the right direction. I can feel like there is some positive momentum here. So I got to hold on to that. Cameron, what it, how what stood out to you from the last four years? Is there any memorable moments? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I just want to say that, you know, I really appreciate um, where Farnoosh is at because I, I do think that um, – especially white people who are the hyper liberal white folks. I've seen a little bit of like, uh, 
how is this any better ism um mm-hmm. about like uh, Kamala the cop like those are those types of people right, right 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 and I just I do need those types of people if they're white people to go ahead and just take just go ahead you can just take you can just t- take a seat for just a, just for a, just a day <laughs> you know like no one no one I don't think anybody expects for politicians to be um trustworthy or perfect <laughs> right I think for some reason on the left we've come up with this idea that it's like what we're looking for are the honest politic what what an angel descended from heaven thing, is, you know? is none of the job description our, uh, yeah, yeah leadership it's not in the job description so I feel like I'm looking at this with like like I I feel I my eyes are fully open I think I'm looking at this reasonably and I think that it really is about um you know, the last president that we just had, you guys remember him He's from earlier this morning. Um, he, uh, he, before he was elected, mm. before people even could vote for him. Okay, the greatest hit start here. audio uh-huh. of him talking oh, yes. about committing a crime. Right. Because to menace women, to assault women, that is a crime. Yeah. And it's not, you know, when he, when he says things are inflammatory in their racism, in their sexism, in their um, in speaking about the poor, speaking about Mexicans as rapists, those things are terrible. They are also not necessarily admissions of a crime. And I think that what is spectac- spectacular about this particular president is that multiple times we've had that. Yeah. You know, we've had him like colluding with Russia We've had him, I would say the policy of family separation is a crime, as opposed to saying that Mexicans are rapists. Again, not good, nothing that should be voted for, but, but to have a president versus actual act- crime. Yes. Yeah, who's actively committing crimes. And and to know that about him before he's elected. This is somebody who brags about criminal behavior and then gets up on stage. I will never forget that debate with Hillary Clinton where he followed her around the stage and you could see, you know, I'm a survivor of sexual assault. When I watched him, I it's there wasn't a part of me that wasn't like, oh, I know what this behavior is. Like he was stalking her on stage and we all saw it and he was still elected. Like we heard him talk about his behavior. We saw what that behavior would look like and then he was elected. And so yeah. I just think that um, that stands out to me as what makes this president so different. Again, have there been presidents who have done anything under the sun? Yes. (laughs) I do not think this is a perfect office. I do not even necessarily think it's good, but I do think that it stands out when the person's a a crime boss, which is what we just did. Right. And you take through a few of the, of the hits already, um, like Mexicans are rapists and grab them by the P word that I always find difficult to say. And, um, even though I'll be like, oh, pussy, I'll say with e- like with great ease, but I can't, for some reason, ugh. um, and, uh, kids in cages. Um, the, the let's also not forget what he was impeached for. He was impeached for that f- perfect phone call, uh, with the, with the Ukraine. Um, <laughs> 
The other thing that I think also rises to the level of crime. Again, I like this, like uh, uh, the three of us as legal scholars talking about what rises to the level of crime um, is the Bible photo op because he cleared out a bunch of peaceful protesters with uh, pepper spray and just general menace. And to me, that feels just like some kind of criminal to do a fucking photo op with the Bible. Um, you know, it, it was dumb. Like it was, it was horrendous. It was criminal. Uh, all that I felt like was, was really, and it was just tone deaf to where the country was at with, with, with racial justice. I mean, the whole thing, like it was fucking bananas. Um, well, you know, Farnoosh, you do you up, have any favorites? Yeah. Just to jump off on that. I mean, so yes, the last four, five years was a lesson in criminality in action, um, you know, from our president, but also, you know, I think it's, a, was also a narrative about those who voted for him, who, who, what, who is America? And also the media sucked, you know, like even just today or yesterday, ABC news, which I love, you know, I mean, I'm, I've been on ABC. I love the people who work at ABC, but this particular article characterized the former president as um, having a unique approach to the presidency. And this was in the context of talking about his impeachment, his double impeachment. Is that the, is that the, like, you know, sometimes I think the media just didn't, um, go there enough Mm -hmm. with him and really call him out. And so the reason he was allowed time and time and time again to be a criminal and not, and get away with it was one, his supporters. um, And, and two, I think the way that his actions were translated in the press. And a lot of that, of course, isn't traditional media's fault. It's also like, there is false news out there. There are conspiracy theories out there. Social media had a big hand in this. And so I think that when history is written, yes, it's going to be a lot about Trump's behavior and the worst president, et cetera, et cetera. But also the what supported that, what allowed for that. And, and, and I think, you know, hopefully those were lessons that we can also take into this next presidency. And I think I think we have learned a lot of our lessons, at least with the media in regards to the media. I was watching an MSNBC this morning. I don't know where you all watched, but it is interesting to hear um, folks like at this point talking, you know, to hear like Rachel Maddow at this point talking um, because it does feel like uh, some, some helpful evaluations of what is going on. Another thing that I'll say just to have some compassion for people who are actual journalists and not like infotainment um pundits yeah pundits and also um again i would even say criminals like to 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 say like don't worry about wearing masks like i mean that to me is like we're over a line in terms of um responsibility for public health but but for folks who have been trying have uh, integrity as as journalists i think that um how can you say anything when the whole point of when somebody's whole methodology is to create so much happening at once that nothing stands out? And and I, I just will think like, oh, my God, those people must just be like, what must that be like to be one of those people who have been trying to like just and he doesn't he doesn't appear publicly as a president. He had, you know, he didn't do press conferences. He didn't like give speeches in a way that was at all 
normative. So folks are covering like 97 tweets mixed with actual policy that's being (laughs) signed, mixed with like international news that you're not even sure if the president is aware of, mixed with like individual governors all having their own plan for a pandemic. I just, it's like, I do have some compassion for- It's it's been a tough job. It's been a tough job. Yeah, but I would also say like, stop. You know, the day that Twitter took away his account was one of the most peaceful days on Twitter. Like, it was one of the days where <laughs> there was, like, very little false news. There was very little violence. And, you know, and and I wonder, someone said, what if this had happened a month ago or two months yeah, ago? Yeah, so, yeah. I, you know, there's censorship, but then there's also, like, getting rid of batshit crazy people who are oh also presidents of a, of a, of a nation who are— leading their countries into the ground. And so, you know, and using something like Twitter as a megaphone to spew lies and to incite anger and state, you know, basically lead people into a coup. So I think well, let's, that... Well, let's actually talk about that. Um, he, he's he been deplatformed um, on a lot of... On Twitter permanently, but on Facebook indefinitely. Um, I think on Pinterest uh, permanently. Um, he's been cut off from major corporate donors. Even banks uh, like Deutsche Bank, who had been like the one bank that had kind of stuck with him, have declined to work with him. Uh, corporate donors have pulled out from, uh, you know, making um, donations to a lot of Republicans. Um, and then so w- which also means his kind of future prospects of getting any kind of like corporate money is is probably over. Uh, what does this guy uh, who is now just a guy without a Twitter account. What does he do now? I love this story. He can't <laughs> do much, which is the good news. But I was reading that in all of the rallies, uh, in all of the recent rallies, they were collecting people's phone numbers. So he still has a phone, you know? So the, 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 right. the, the, the thought process is that, well, if he can't amplify his message on Twitter and Facebook um, and YouTube... And a lot of the news networks want nothing to do with him. And also, you know, that's from the media standpoint, from his from a messaging standpoint, he's a little screwed, but he can still call you. <laughs> so all those, why was it 2 million people that gave him his phone number? Yeah, it's 2.6 million people downloaded the official Trump 2020 mobile app. Yeah. And you had to give them your phone number in order to do it. And you had to agree to be called. Um, Who's sorry now? To download the app, right? So <laughs> oh, not uh, those people. But I want to say 2.6 million. Yeah. <laughs> Is, I don't know. But I mean, 2.6 million people is not 88 million people, which is the number of followers he had on Twitter. Um, It is, you know, and even if he goes to Parler or Gab, it's like mainstream people aren't on Parler or Gab. So what does, you know, he can't. He can't broaden his his base. Um, And, you know, and also I think he's only going to be hearing from like-minded people on Parler and Gab. I think part of it for him was to be bombastic and annoy people who hated him. You know, that was part of the thrill, which he's not going to have on those other sites. So he, so his, this kind of, and I think also like places like, you know, uh, the August, uh, you know, uh, 60 minutes or, or, you know, your PBSs, your CBSs, all that stuff are not going to be interviewing him. They're just, and you forget know. book deals. I mean, at least not like the Simon and Schuster's of the world, because we've already seen, um, what happens when they extend a book deal to a right winger who supported 
you know, the voting law, the, the election right. lies. They, they have Holly, their other yeah. authors walk and it's really bad for business. So he's toxic and that's the truth of it. You know, I want to I want to say something, though, about what you were saying about Twitter and like the news. First of all, I I actually I'm I am a one of maybe very few people. I've never followed him on Twitter. And in fact, I blocked him um, before he ever ran. Yeah. So it doesn't matter oh, if if you do that, because you'll still see what he says and um, or what he said. And one thing I will say, though, is that, like, I don't think that Jack um, Dorsey bears. Uh, obviously, we've known we've known for a while what is going on on Twitter. But there is this period like before we fully understood that the president was going to use it like <laughs> to try to overthrow democracy <laughs> uh-huh. where um, this is what we all chose to pay attention. That algorithm is built on our interest in anxiety, you know, to be honest, like yeah. our desire, all of us to pay attention to things that are, that make us feel the worst. Like Upsetting. We, we really, yeah. the train, yeah, wreck. we yeah. really want to pay attention to the things that we hate. And so I'm not even saying that I'm outside of that. I'm actually saying that I wonder if, like, I think individually, this is something that we're going to have to continue to reckon with that person aside, because especially for the generations that are growing up, you know, Twitter's from 2006. Like I was already doing stand up before that, you know, I already was a, an adult before that. I already um, had dated people before that, but that's not true for so many people. And so I think the fact that those, that specifically Twitter as and Facebook, which I guess still exists, although I haven't been <laughs> for many <laughs> um, But, you know, like Instagram. Hey, hey, my aunt, my aunt comments on my posts regularly, yeah, yeah. Cameron. Okay. So Facebook very much still exists <laughs> Absolutely. <for her. laughs> Instagram being a little bit more of a projection of like, here's who I am. I would say Twitter is more of a projection of here's what I hate, you know, and all of that is really psychologically damaging to have to show everybody who you are and what you hate constantly every day. And I don't think that we will lose that just because he's no longer on the platform. And I wonder what that will be like for our continued mental health. Uh, well, the fuck. I mean, I've been talking about this shit for a while because I am someone who is very much on all of these social platforms and constantly Wait, well, talking about been banned from them. TikTok. <laughs> oh, did it, is TikTok still left? No, I think he. I'm sure the Chinese would love him. Well, that would be funny since he personally was yeah tried to right <laughs> anyway <laughs> i also think but uh the way tiktok works um i wonder if he would be okay with it because <laughs> you can duet people and you can positive you can uplift what they're saying but you can also humiliate them and for him you know this is like his biggest fear is humiliation and failure i want i it's actually like a fascinating to imagine him on, on TikTok. You've thought about this. No, I haven't thought about it. It's my first thought. Speaking of speaking <laughs> of humiliation, thought. one thing we didn't talk about was his last little mini speech before he got on Ugh. Air Force One. Oh my. Um, and one of, so he did wish the Biden administration, or like, I don't know if he named 
Biden. But I think he said, I wish the future administration success or whatever. And he added, we set them up for success. <laughs> like they have everything in place. <laughs> was real hilarious don't mess things up too much i was like yeah most administrations love walking into a death toll of four hundred thousand. that's real setting up for success um and then uh and he also said uh you know so he sort of said a couple of like civil things and then he sort of closed it out with we will be back in some form um which was also very menacing he was like have a nice life and then we'll be back after this commercial break and then also ladies he said he referenced the coronavirus in the past tense did you catch that he oh, was I didn't like catch that. um it was it was one of the worst it was one of the worst uh pandemics in history um and we're like yeah uh it's Thanks for letting me know it's over. It's, I know. <laughs> so I don't like, have to take the entire <laughs> I don't need inaugur- a vaccine inauguration now. was fully masked because it's still happening, right. sir. Um, well, I think, yeah. So I think he he does have something in mind. I don't, you know, I don't think like, you know, there was all this talk about like him launching a channel to rival Fox and all that stuff. You sort of need donors and stuff like that. And you, you need money. You need a lot of money. You need you billions need, of dollars. You also need cable to buy in, like a, a, a buy in from cable in that they'll carry you. And if you're like persona non grata for like most of the business world. I just don't see that happening. Um, it just seems when when the PGA pulled out and when corporate donors pulled out and when Deutsche Bank pulled out, I was like, oh, I, I truly think so many of his path, like he could just legitimately end up in prison or uh, filing for bankruptcy because he owes about a billion dollars or something that he's personally liable for, the Trump organization does. Um, so I... I I, the future doesn't look that rosy, um, I think, I, I for don't this know. guy. I mean, it depends on it depends on how long you know, white men, straight white men get the benefit of a shorter memory. Um, and we do love a comeback story yeah. from these really relatable and pushed down by culture uh figures, uh like like Donald Trump, who almost had no chances uh, to succeed in his life. Um, and so you just really want to hit an underdog uh, like him right. to get a chance to really succeed, you know, to really have the option. Um, I, and I, you know, I, I remember, uh, I know it's much smaller scale it, for many of these people, mm. but, you know, I look at the like Me Too movement fallout in entertainment industry and then where we are in terms of how long that really meant somebody was sidelined and it you know for for like bill cosby forever forever but for different people um really different amounts of time right but was twitter taken away from them i mean here's the thing (sighs) about donald trump he has been known to be this comeback guy. If you even look at like, you know, his bankruptcy. Like Atlantic City. Right. I mean, The Apprentice was like the ultimate comeback. It earned him half a billion dollars, um, which basically resuscitated him. Um, But, you know, he had the advantage, even though he had lost all that money and lost all that business, but he had the advantage of still having resources, important resources, right? Like rich people who would give him his money. Um, a network that would give him a TV show, 
um, companies that were willing to license his name and put it on stakes and and buildings and things like that. Like that, and and that's his game. He it knows the money game. He knows how he's been very good at making money. How does he make money now? Yeah, he could make money overseas. That's where people are now speculating is that maybe there's opportunities elsewhere. Yeah, there's like a couple of dudes from like the Emirates and uh, you know, yeah. I don't know, so India go there. or something fine. where they were like we're still very much in business with him. So that might be fine. And there's also always the my pillow guy. Oh yeah. You know, if you need a sponsor, if he wants to launch a podcast and he needs a sponsor, he can always um hawk those pillows. Yeah. I'm curious about the timing on what you're talking about. I don't I don't disagree that right now everything is dried up. Right. I just am curious as to a year from now. Like is this a is this like a penalty box sure, situation sure. or is this mm. like things are over? Right. And is it Bill Cosby I'm, or is it one of the other guys? I'm CK. I want to know where right. Melania ends up. Is anyone else interested? I'm not like invested in her success at all, but I'm really curious like what was their conversation in that helicopter ride to Air I'm Force One. You. I assume they haven't talked in years. <laughs> this is over. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm interested in the way that, like, if you're standing in a in a grocery store line and you catch sight of the tabloids and you read the headline, I will read the headline, and that is yeah. the extent of my interest. I mean, be, but it is. I you know what? I'm more interested in a book from her than I yes, am from yes, him. I want the tell because it's like, what was it like to be married to that? Of course, I'm like talking about it like they're already divorced. I cannot imagine a divorce is not coming. I mean, that has to be in the oh, world. I. I can. Oh, I think she's staying. Oh, oh she's staying. Oh, but she I seems think she so fucking miserable. Is the thing is, um, yeah. I don't know what she saw in the guy, but clearly he had at, at one point a lot of money, and that was probably attractive. He doesn't have that. The bron- now. It's the bronzer. It's the face bronzer that keeps her coming so, back. I also wonder, like, where are all their things going because. They can't, you know, Mar-a-Lago has been like, you can stay for a little bit, but then you got to get, you got to get out. Like, where, where are they going to, where's all their stuff going? They have, yeah, like, there's residency issues with, with yeah. Palm Beach, all of that stuff. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, we Big do problems. have to wrap up this segment. I, um, I want to say in closing that uh, we fucking... We fucking don't have to talk about this guy very much longer. Unfortunately, uh, for Fake the Nation listeners, uh, apologies. We will make mention of the the conviction trials um, that will theoretically be happening in the Senate. So we still have to, like, talk about the insurrection and talk about him for, like, a touch longer. Uh, but I think um, I remember fe- this feeling, you know, in uh, early, early November of 2016, where I was like, I'm so excited because in a few days I don't have to fucking talk about this guy anymore. And then I was wrong and I had to keep talking about him for four years. Uh, but uh, now um, I actually, you know, I, I think I think the the clouds are breaking and the sun is shining and we don't have to talk about it. But we do what we do have to do is take a quick break and we're going to learn about our sponsors who keep the lights on here at Faith Nation, whom we love. Uh, and uh, and we come back. We're going to talk about the future. 
This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that's 
that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. Eat stress-free this spring with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready-to-eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Folks, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I tried other services that I was displeased with. And then a neighbor of mine was trying Factor. I had pulled them aside in the hallway and I was like, what are you feeling about this Factor? And they were like, it is delicious. You should definitely do it. So then me and my husband did it and we loved it. They are chef-prepared meals that arrive to your door, and then in two minutes, you could be eating them. Like, it's so simple, and they're actually delicious. And for people like me who just sometimes, my schedule can be so maniacal between traveling in different cities and, you know, doing stand-up gigs. It's like I just don't have a typical schedule where I can plan, set aside time for cooking and all that stuff. So something like Factor really helps for me. The other thing that I love to do is try not to eat carbs. (laughs) So they have a keto option, which is fantastic. It's super delicious. They use premium ingredients. You can get stuff with like filet mignon and shrimp and truffle butter and broccolini and asparagus, right? Like real ingredients. They're no fuss, no mess meals. Um, They eliminate the hassle of having to prep. They're tailored to your schedule. Um, You can customize your weekly meals uh, with flexibility. You can pause or reschedule. I've actually done that. I've both paused and rescheduled. Um, Factor is basically your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. We're celebrating Earth Day all month long. And look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should head to factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 and use the code fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code fakethenation50 at factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. And we are 
are back and we're ready with topic number two. Okay, so like I said, it happened. Joseph Biden is the president. Lady Gaga sang with a giant golden dove on her chest. Amy Klobuchar emceed with the skill of a real comic. By the one of her jokes was, uh, Lady Gaga, you never thought you'd see Lady Gaga as the warm up warm up act for Chief Justice Roberts, which I thought, or was it J Lo? Was it J Lo? Sorry, you never thought you'd yep. see uh, J Lo as a warm up act, warm up act for Chief Justice Roberts, which I thought was a solid joke for an MC. Uh, she kept the show moving. Uh, and then you know what Joseph Biden did? He had the thing that I didn't realize I loved so much in a president. He displayed nonstop amounts of fucking empathy and kindness on that dais. Didn't know that that was one of my number one qualities I wanted out of a president. Uh, and now I know Tell me, what did you think of the speech? What did you think of the day so far? Oh, I thought he said almost nothing, which is what I was looking for, actually, to be <laughs> honest. I truly felt like I have no retention of any single word he said or inflection. I I, I think that he is um, – what's great about this person right now is that I think um, he has the ability to be a lot of different things because he's pretty – um, blank. And I don't say that to, to be a dick either. Like I, I actually think it's an attribute we could really use right now. Right. You're like, he's a flatbread and you can jazz him up with some sauce and mozzarella and then suddenly he's a pizza, but otherwise a he's pizza. a <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think that everything else around him, um, really stood out more than he did. I think like, Kamala Harris's um, walking down in the stairs and realizing that like Doug Imhoff is like not the fucking centerpiece of this moment yes. was so cool to see. Yeah. I think it was a bummer that Sonia Sotomayor like messed up her, called her uh, Kamala, not Kamala, but it's okay. Well, I'm sure that was a terrible moment for her. I noticed it in her eyes as somebody whose name. Yeah, and I'm sure she's like, you know, sweating yeah. it out right now. Um, I, I also think it's like, how awesome to see that female performers have the right outfit for everything. Like Garth Brooks <laughs> was wearing even somebody else's hair. And I love Garth Brooks, but like he didn't have the right outfit. He didn't even have his own hair to bring to the occasion. But like J-Lo, she can, oh, she can wow. absolutely star in anything that you give her, but she also has this outfit, you know? And same thing with Lady Gaga, who could not have gotten me more when she gestured to the flag, that our flag was still oh there. God, but where beautiful. is it, Gaga? She points to it. She's so, such a showman. <laughs> loved it. Um, Wait, such a show can person, I just add to know? that? J-Lo, when she spoke, so one of the moments that really got me is when J-Lo spoke in Spanish. I Cre She spiced that song also, up real nice. I Let's get loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's nice I, that she that said, let's stuff, get loud. That stuff was beautiful. Uh, Farnoosh, any, any of the theatrics really hit you? Because I will give you some yeah. of oh, I just want to mention Amanda Gorman before we move on. Yeah. I just want to say that that young poet was awesome. Oh, and I don't want to not say her name. Yes. Amanda Gorman. I've done a show with her in the past uh, at the town hall at the town hall in, in New York. It was probably two years ago. And so she was 20. And, Jesus. you know, sometimes you just meet a 20-year-old and you go, okay. Congrats. Yeah. Like you've got it and enjoy the rest of your life, you know? And so I just she want was to make sure incredible. To she was incredible. Amanda Gorman. Great job. Yeah. Great job. I love all the pomp and circumstance. I mean, it's not like 
the Queen's Jubilee, but it's definitely um, nice <laughs> to see all the women in their monochrome outfits. Did you notice that? Was there a memo that went out that was like, every know, female shall wear one color and layer and layers and layers of that color. Um, and and then like somehow they all magically showed up with a different color. Um, which I, I do think that felt official. It did, I right? do think that, I actually think you're right that that was organized. It was, it was, it was, it was all for my and pleasure. Hillary Clinton, I loved it. Hillary Clinton was rocking like a nice bipartisan purple, purple. Uh, with a lot of ruffles, which I felt was a nod to 1984 Prince. So, uh, yeah. well done on both. Michelle those Obama fronts, in her like cranberry, Jill Biden in her sort of like, uh, I don't know how you like an aqua blue. It was beautiful. beautiful. And then I, you know, I'm like a real, I'm a real rule follower. I'm like, I'm totally a straight line person. I was like, I would rock that walk from the end of the staircase to the outside of the Capitol where everyone's like in line and sort of you, 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 I can only imagine the feeling, right? You just like, it's such a moment, especially if this is your dad or this is your, you know, someone you're going to be working for. Um, When Lady Gaga walked out, I didn't realize it was her. And I was like, who that chick who's coming out with that red ball gown? Like, this is not your show. You know, I was like, everyone's, did you not get the monochrome memo? Like, what are you doing? And then I was like, oh, it's Lady Gaga. Okay, she's allowed to do that. Uh, only Lady Gaga could have gotten away with that outfit. And then I'm really proud to say that I, ne- I recognized A-Rod through the mask. And um, my first thought was, is that A-Rod? Yes, it's A-Rod. What is he doing there? Um, I was like, why does he think he can just show up to the inauguration? And then I realized it's because of J-Lo and then I was okay with it. But um, <laughs> I got really territorial. I, I, I thought like, all, and I also thought the choice of Garth Brooks it was, it was, we're walking the, we're talking the talk and walking the walk. Like we're getting a flavor of America from these three performers. Um, and, and Garth Brooks is sort of giving you, uh, you know, that red state realness, if you will. Um, and, and I thought that was a, a good and charming um, performance and choice. And I, you know, and I, th- and it worked. I mean, I, I don't know enough about like country music or whatever to know, like his standing in today's country landscape, but, uh, but I don't know. It's, it seemed, it, it seemed like a nice, um, like a nice move. Yeah. he's And I agree with Cameron yeah. that, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you that he's very, you know, plain vanilla and, but, but the, the awesomeness is in his, is in his ecosystem. All the people that he has surrounded himself with, the most diverse team, I think, in history in terms of all yeah. the representation. So that's Hands exciting. Down. Wait, I do want to, I'm going to stand up for, for Joseph Robinette for a second, because I do think that he brought some actual rhetoric to the table. He wasn't all flatbread. He was some, uh, you know, flatbread with that. What is that? Like za'atar uh, spices. Um, and they, for example, he said, uh, one of the things he said, the dream of justice for all will be deferred no longer. That was a nod to, uh, you know, his, his plans on racial justice, also a nod to the diversity of his cap. It. Um, and then this, I think this is something that a refrain that he's come to again and again throughout the campaign, which I think he believes in very strongly. And I, McGee and Farzad, believe in very strongly. He said, politics doesn't have to be a raging fire destroying everything in its path. Yes, it does not. It is okay for us to be nice to each other. And that's not just like 
to me, that's not just like a nothing saying. That's something we really need to take to heart because it's our inability to talk about things as if they are, we do turn everything into a raging fire as opposed to like a polite, um, you know, disagreement. Discourse. Mm-hmm. And, and in its, in its, completely eating away at us. Uh, And I, so I think that's something um, that I really, uh, really appreciated. He also took a moment to shout out the truth, just like we defending the truth, the power of a truth, uh, the, the need to dispel lies. I thought that was a great moment. He talked about, we must uh, end this war that pits red against blue rural versus urban. Again, these are divides that we have just, it started, I want to say, with Newt Gingrich, and it has just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse, where we're just like red versus blue, red versus blue, Democrats and Republicans are at each other's throats, and it's go, and it's for blood. Uh, and it just fully, 100% doesn't have to be this way. And if we all made the decision, and not even all, but if just like a nice plurality of us made the decision not to behave that way, it we it wouldn't be that way. Uh, so that's my See, in I, defense of his content there. I really disagree with you, but I <laughs> but I say this in a I think that um, I think that it is a privilege to be able to say we should speak nicely to each other, and that's one thing that I that I, I that I really like about Joe Biden. Actually, is that he does get to say that, and that. I don't think he's supposed to be super fancy because I do think his place in history is to point to the people around him who have more at stake in many of these topics. Something that really has something that I you know really believe is that a lot of times when we're talking about a bipartisan disagreement on an issue, one of the parties includes and represents the group of people that is more affected by this issue. And I think that we've been ignoring that and pretending that that's not true. And that is why a, that is, that is literally what Donald Trump ran on is like, let's pretend that different people aren't affected by policy differently. And I think that like what, um, I do like that that's what he's going to say, because I actually think he's also going to put people around him that can't say that. And that that is a nice, I think that's a nice combination of things. I don't think the president should be the one who says, let's scream at each other. Because right, I don't, right, I, right, right. but I also think it's a position of privilege to do that. And I think it's like, what you're supposed to do is pick all of the people around you who have the vested interest in each of the different topics. You know, like, get the people who are the who are going to be screwed and have them have a voice and i think that like that's what's really that's why i i mean i i hear what you're saying but like i think what i want from him is for him to just say a lot of folks folks doesn't have to be this way and then to call up the people who say it really does and here's why well, the like, culture I can't at the top just thing. Just be chill I mean, about this. Just in terms of, you know, you read these reports of like the best best companies to work at and all that stuff and why they're the best company. Um, and, you know, some of them will be like, oh, because they have great maternity leave. They have uh, really generous uh, vacation policies. They, uh, they respect workers, um, work-life balance. Like there's all these reasons, right, why a company becomes like one of the best places to work in. And, and I think, and it's, and it's because there's a decision 
decision made at the top that like, oh, we're going to be, we're going to respect um, uh, work-life balance. We're going to respect mothers. We're going to respect, it's like setting the the tone at the top ends up affecting yes. how an entire organization operates and feels about being there. And that, I think, is what's happening in, you know, on a much, much larger level with the country, right? You set the fucking tone and then it trickles down. And then generally people can be like less disagreeable. Like, oh yeah, it, 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 if the tone at the top is anger and menace and threats Mm -hmm. and lies, that's the thing that trickles down. So if the, and so if this like, Flatbed pizza is serving up tender <laughs> kindness and soft sauce. Then, like that's what we're all going to be kind of steeped in. And and I think that you know you're you're right. He has the power to do it um, where he sits. And it's oh, I was just going to say it's almost. Like, it's also I actually think if you know I think we're saying the same thing, but it's like but but exploring different parts of yes, it because yeah. I actually think if the top is softer, the bottom can be more disagreeable with that having less effect. He's just the cherry on top, guys. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, I think like AOC then gets to exist and Ted Cruz gets to exist, but we're not worried about like uh, everything burning to the ground because there's, it's a parent. Right. It's a parent with children who are screaming. And I'm not right, saying AOC's a child. I'm just saying right. I believe in everything she's saying. I just mean it's like. Yeah, no, that's a I like that. It's a parent with children screaming metaphor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what you, you I, I was going to say, I think you're both on the same team here. I think you can both agree that when you're at a top leadership, in a top leadership role, your role is really to set the tone and make sure that you put in place the right kind of people who will have more objection or willing to debate or not obviously going to sugarcoat things and really do the harder work of, um, you know, the real change that needs to happen. But absolutely. I mean, that's truly, that's, that's any good leader though. I think what we're describing is whether you're the leader of a, of a country or, <laughs> you know, like I would, I would no, hope that I work for somebody. Partners, we're like literally exploring the alphabet right now because we have been deprived from, of it for like, you know, it's like, we're the getting, bar we're is so, so low. We're the so bar is basic so low. right now, like, but it's like, if, we have not been able to like, like just luxuriate in the, these basics for four right. years. So I feel like, like that's what's happening. Or it's it's back to basics. Maybe that's a good theme for the next uh, four years. It's not about, I mean, well, in some capacity, I think that there's um, a, a real sense of urgency for changing a lot of rules. But I think that back to the basics in terms of what it means to lead and have empathy. Right. And, you know, these basics, kindness, uh healthy debate, healthy discourse. It's okay to disagree. It's not, it's not a zero sum game either. You know, some will win, some will lose, but you know, it's, it's sort of, it's basic stuff. And, and, and Joe Biden is basic. He's, he's bringing basic (laughs) back. He's bringing, he's not bringing sexy back. He's bringing basic back. Obama brought sexy. Biden is bringing basic. And at this point in our history, that is what we need. That's what we need. how basic it is to like see the other, the former presidents there. And I just, you know, I think that that for me is, it really speaks to, I think I just like a shout out on this particular day to the, 
former presidents and first ladies, some of whom I do not have love in my heart for. Indeed. Um, but who were there. And also, like, for Bernie Sanders for showing up and becoming so memeable with his <laughs> mittens and his jacket. Like, I just really appreciate, I really appreciate Hillary Clinton being, I mean, obviously she's going to be there. She's not a fucking maniac right. who's on Air Force <laughs> right, One. Right. But, like, but like, just, uh, just appreciating those folks um, being human beings. And, like, especially, you know, somebody like Bernie who has shown up and been a human um, over right. the last and, uh, bunch of years. Right, but also especially this someone, is amazing. someone like uh, uh, George W., right, who, like, was the, you know, a hated yep. president by liberals for eight years. Um, I mean, and, like, it's funny because hated is a strong word for what we then, like, were able to summon for Donnie. But uh, I think it it, 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 it was, and, and, you know, look, Mike Pence was there. He was, you know, he he did kowtow to Donnie for many years. But in this 11th hour, he certified the fucking votes um, and he was and he was still able to just like summon the whatever minor percent of him that is a that is human and show up and be civil and shake some hands. You know what I mean? Like he managed to do that. And I think that's. What it should have been, you know, like that's obviously I know I can't. We're like it only took putting a bounty on his head to get him to realize maybe I should. Right. No, exactly. You know, no, exactly. I mean, nice, I'm, not, nice. I'm not trying to give him too much credit. I'm not trying to give him too much credit. But it is it. It. I, I think I mean, look, I'm sure he's getting death threats for it. So, uh, you know, um, but let's talk about well, the- I really appreciated yeah. being able to see him shown. It was like I'm really glad that um an- another side effect of the stupid president not being there, former president, was that then the Veep got that full send off. And that was so healing for me because I truly, um, really, really dislike Mike Pence with every fiber of my being. <laughs> it's just really nice watching his full departure, like all of it. Like I really enjoyed watching that. I love yeah, your optimism. It was the I love, it was I the love how you look at departure. the glass half full. truly um all right well let's talk a little bit about biden's plans for the next few days and weeks he's got a mass mandate on federal property which includes you know those um anti-maskers in the house and uh, senate who who don't want to wear a mask on federal property they would have to or else they would be flouting the mandate um and and also on interstate travel, which I don't know exactly what that means. Um, he's going to pause student lo- loan payments, uh, which affects me and my husband. Thank you. Uh, he's going to overturn the Muslim ban. Hey, Muzzies, it's been a tough one. We're turning it around. Um, he's going to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord because, you know, the earth is falling apart. Uh, and he's, um, in terms of COVID response, we're going to be rejoining the World Health Organization organization. So that's fun. Um, you know, they're also obviously working on a COVID relief bill. We already heard about that. The uh, He's sending an immigration bill to Congress, uh, which is, is probably a more me- medium term thing, but it'll it'll help uh, 11 million undocumented immigrants find a roadmap to citizenship. Um, I mean, there's more. Uh, there's stuff uh, re- revoking the Keystone Pipeline permit, or um, he's trying to make 30% of America's lands and waters um, 
protected uh, by 2030. Uh, he's going to repeal the tax cuts to help pay for some of this. The 2017 tax cuts, which were Donnie's, I guess, only will use the word achievement. Um they are like kind of the only big thing he did when he had all three branches of government. Uh, he didn't bring us into cut. a war. He didn't bring us into a war. He, he just killed oh, more yeah. Americans that would have died. There you go. War, so does a civil war kind of count? Like he, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, you're right. He didn't bring point. us into a foreign war, right? Um, but he did. And they you know the do tax, much more damage. His tax reform, <laughs> yeah, much more damage. Um. His tax reform was great for corporations. It wasn't great for everyday That's people. That's such a good point. Yes. Um, yes. If you're a homeowner, you can no longer deduct all of the interest on your home. You cannot deduct all of the property taxes. So like the really bringing into question the the financial value of becoming a homeowner, which for millennia has been like the way that people build wealth in this country, and it's like the American dream. So he kind of shattered the American dream there with his with his tax right. reform. And the trickle down effect did jokes. not happen. Yeah, he also broke jokes because very few people <laughs> throughout history have said a serious thing that you knew was serious that also affected lots of people and then said just joking so ineffectively. <laughs> like very few people have been able to carry that off throughout time where each time he was joking, <gasps> right. it wasn't even close to a joke. So, so far from a joke. <laughs> that we no longer know what jokes are. And the, the breakout stand-up comic of the era, Sarah Cooper, is just was just verbatim saying what the president was saying. Yeah, That's yeah, how you know he broke what, and that jokes. Nothing comedy. was funnier That's than true. just who he is and happens to Wait, be. Wait, so Cameron, I have a question for you. We're both stand-up comedians. I mean, I was never like the type of person to do like kind of the day-to-day operational political jokes. Um, but I mean, I do have this podcast. Uh, do you worry? I know I'm not, this is, and now that I'm even asking this question, I feel dumb asking, but do you worry about there being, um, just too many Democrats and you feeling good and not being able to write jokes? <laughs> I don't know. This is a dumb <laughs> question. Well, I mean, when I when I look at the last four years in in stand up, like I said, I mean the 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 special that I put out in this time was called Rape Jokes, and it's about sexual assault, and it was a fundraiser for Rain. Like that is where comedy <laughs> was at. Like right. I just mean the funniest thing I could do was raise money for a rape crisis hotline, and that is like when I look at you know who had like breakout moments, it. It's like the Hannah Gadsby right, four years. Right. Like that was still within this time. Um, big deal, like already famous um, dude comics released big specials. But like the people who, the things that were happening in the comedy world were either like the growth of personal political statements and the growth of like absolutely absurdity like absolute absurdity that has no bearing on anything like a Kate Berlant or, or John Early version of things. Right. Anyway, I think what is interesting is that there's like, n- there's no place right now in comedy to talk about like airplanes. 
the, the, the perennial jokes right, like that snacks. were like, yeah. like just being around in the world. Like that's not where we are. We're like, this is how I feel. Or it's like, what if reindeers were people? You know, like there's nothing in the middle anymore. <laughs> I, I don't, I really hope because I think that, I think the era ate up parts of my comedy brain. Like I used to enjoy Twitter (laughs) and then I stopped, right? Like I used to enjoy posting jokes, right? And then I stopped or like, so I feel like, I feel like there's going to be a dawn of a new comedy era where a lot of us reclaim our comedy brains that had been usurped. Uh, Fardouche, do you, where do you feel like, and talk about the future of your, your brain space. (laughs) Where do you feel? Um, Well, as someone who has taken a comedy class and performed a couple of times. A veteran. I mean, (laughs) yeah. um, I'm, uh, I, you know, there's so much humor in, you have to laugh or you're going to fucking cry. Like, this is my life every day. Being mom of two kids, homeschooling them, working, living all the things under one roof, being afraid of getting COVID all the time. Like right now I have a little bit of a sinus infection and I'm like, my husband's like, is it COVID? I'm like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. He's like, okay, well just like hang out in the bedroom for a while because you know, just in case. I'm like, okay, is that really going to solve the problem? (laughs) Um, so I guess there's always comedy, right? Comedy is, is like my, my teacher said, right? She said, uh, make jokes about what you know, like your life. Like if there's something that's stuck in your head and you can't get out of your head, there's probably something really funny about that. Like if something bothers you or annoys you. And what could be, are we, are we out of things that are bothering us or are we out of things that are annoying us right now? Is that to suggest, you know, that uh, there's no material for that? I think that actually it's fertile ground. And look, you know, we don't need treachery and disaster and crime in order to like become... Yeah. have fertile ground for jokes. <laughs> to like, stuff to say, yeah. You know, comedians have been around <laughs> for all sorts of ty- types of presidencies and, uh, you know, political climates. I've used this metaphor before, but I do think we're going to go through, like, that methadone period where we just need, like, doses of shittiness or something so that we can acclimate to something that's just more n- normal, like, in, you know, more to, until we can acclimate to the flatbread. Like, I feel like we just need, like, a couple of know, hits of the methadone. I have some... I have some favorite comedians and I have stopped in some cases and been like, I can't wait for this to hear this person's joke on what just happened or what we right, just right, 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 like, right, You right. know that the jokes are getting written. And as much as I don't want to relive the history that we just lived in these last four years, I think that um, it's healthy to laugh about, you know, it's it's sort of the best way to re-experience something, right, is to look back and, and sort of laugh. Um, but... I, I, I'm hopeful for the industry, if that's what the question is. Like, I think <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what the question was. I don't was. think that was the question, but I like that. That's, <laughs> thank you. That you're clearing it up. I think you guys also have your hopefulness. Listen, yeah. me, we have to wrap up the show. I just want to ask you in closing, what what, what do you want to say on this day? What are your final thoughts on this day? You know, that's like a really broad uh, uh, question. And I w- I'm going to say, here are my final thoughts. Things because we're still very heavily steeped in a pandemic. The the death toll has surpassed now four hundred thousand. Uh, it's so fucking bleak. But I feel like 
better and better each day. I know more and more people that have gotten vaccinated. I feel um, better and better each day that more formal institutions are going to be handling domestic terrorism because that's what's happening. Uh, and, and that, and that they'll be able to make inroads because we always have, because threats to the government have always existed. The, the difference is before there were people within the government whose job it was to, to, uh, thwart them. And we didn't have that for some time. And now we're going to go back to having that. So those things make me feel really hopeful, um, I don't know. I, I, I feel, uh, I, I, I see my neighbors and I feel, uh, I, I feel good. <laughs> Cameron. You know, I'm just, um, trying to not experience any of this alone, even if folks are not around, you know, I think like for me, I will, I will just say that, um, I can be funny. Sure. But this, this presence <laughs> took me out. Like it did. Like there's like, I'm not here for you, like you two or anybody listening to this. Like you voted this person in. I'm you, you took me out. Like, I just like you, like I, I fully was down for the count on this one. Like I, like, I feel like it's like, well, we have to laugh if we don't cry. It was such a good point. Except that like, what, when, what happens when you're just like, dog, I need a minute to process all this. (laughs) And you know, like the thing that I will say is that what this presidency gave me was knowing that, like, I cannot fix this. There is no joke that's funny enough to overcome (laughs) this guy's idiocy. And there is no, like, you know, I can't prevent a pandemic, it turns out. Although at the very beginning, you would have thought by my planning that I thought, you know, that I could. Um, And I just, I think I was a really different person in terms of my thoughts about my own independence, and like, I need other people. I need friends. I got up this morning and I was on a Zoom call with a bunch of people just muted watching the same thing on the TV, which was the inauguration. And like, I have loved understanding my interdependence on everyone around me throughout the last year, but also throughout the last four years. And like, I'm not special. I love knowing that. People like, need people. So people need people. Oh people my God. need people. So if you're like, you know, listening to this podcast for companionship, which is something I totally do. Hello. (laughs) This is your companion, Cammy. But also like, I hope you get some some other folks in your day to day, whether through FaceTime or Zoom or or across waving at your neighbors like you are, Nagin. It's it's amazing. We are truly actually, it turns out, all in this together. Mm. Yeah. No, like literally. Yes. Farnoosh, final thoughts. Well, <clears throat> I think sort of I, I take a page out of um, this book I was reading about the psychology of money. And it, the, the writer was like, the best way to manage your money is to have sort of like this short-term pessimism or short-term panic, cautionary f- optimism in the in the short run, but optimism in the long run. And so, you know, I think that a lot of times when you think about, when I think about money, I th- often think I extrapolate that to talking about life because money is oftentimes the underpinning of, 
you know, a lot of the decisions yeah. that we make. And th- there's so many relationships between money and life. And so taking that and applying it to the last four years and what's to come, I think today's inauguration made me very hopeful. And, you know, while it wasn't, you know, the Super Bowl of inaugurations, it was um, <laughs> a step in the right direction for, you know, I think we can all agree. And that we still need to hold Joe Biden and his cabinet accountable. We still need there's a lot of a lot of work to be done, which I think he understands clearly. Um, but I hope that we, um, you know, that we still remember that we're in a pandemic, we're in a recession, people are dying. There's a lot of people that um, still think the election was stolen from Trump. Like, there's a lot that we have to sort of reckon with, and only until then can we, you know, can we really feel like we're we're moving towards. Um, making positive momentum and, and that I'm still confident about the future. So I'm still like investing in the stock market. I'm still making plans. I'm still, you know, supporting people who want to have kids. I'm still, you know, all the things. Um, life goes on. But I think right now we still need to be vigilant and not get just be like, okay, well, that four years was really like scrunch that up, throw that in the trash. Like, blank slate. Like, no, it's still a very messy slate and we need to untangle a lot. Um, and so I think, uh, for me and, and I think everyone that's, that those are important reminders that like, we're still in a mess. Sorry. Yeah, the work isn't over. Yeah. Uh, but there is, but it's still hopeful. Um, I love that. And you know what? Thank you so much for joining me today and for like uh, watching so much inauguration television uh, and for being able to talk about all of it today with me and your feelings. I still feel like weird and emotional. So thank you for being with me. I would love for the people of Faith Nation to be able to follow you and all the stuff that you do. Farnoosh, where do they do that? You can... Follow me on the So Money Podcast. You can subscribe to So Money Podcast everywhere podcasts are available. And I'm having a lot of fun on Instagram, not TikTok, not really so much Twitter or Facebook, but Instagram is kind of like still a nice sort of, you know, everyone's friendly-ish on Instagram. So at Farnoosh Tarabi <laughs> on, on the IG. And Cameron, where do they follow you? And what do you want them to look at? Uh, I'm just, I'm Cameron Esposito everywhere, and I got a book that came out in the pandemic that was called Save Yourself. Oh, I heard it's a bestseller. book. It is a bestseller. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a podcast that's called Query, um, where I talk to LGBTQ plus um, luminaries is the word I use. And that can mean, that can mean a lot of different things, but um, it's everywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, Yeah, folks. Absolutely subscribe to Query, subscribe to So Money. Uh, just enjoy all of the stuff that these uh, ladies put out there because they're so great. You know where to follow me and that I'm newly on TikTok. I'm embarrassed because I also hate social media. It's a weird feeling. Uh, but what I would really like to do is thank the people that make Fake the Nation possible. That's our wonderful producer, Anita Flores, our talented audio engineer, Andy Christens. Gabby Alter wrote our theme music. Lily Fleshler helps with research. And we would love to hear from you. Send us your feedbacks or topics we should be chatting about, guest ideas you might have. You can leave us a voicemail at Three three one nine zero one zero 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 five, or drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com and if you like what you hear please favorite Fake the Nation on Stitcher follow us on Spotify subscribe on Apple Podcasts Pandora and the Sirius XM app and do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps more people find the show uh, folks 
Um, oh, and I'm going to be doing some Instagram live converse- conversation. So uh, make sure you follow me on Instagram so you can see some of those. Uh, and oh, I will be back in your earballs next week. Bye. Bye.